Hey, just real quick, if you're in Australia and still have old analog clocks, it's time to upgrade so that your swimmers can see the clock. The Swim Nerd Pace Clock is now available in Oz. They're distributed by Tim Lane in Brisbane, and I've got a special deal for you. Just email him at tim at swimnerd.com, tell him Brett Hawk sent you, and get yours today for just $7.99 Aussie dollars. So email tim at swimnerd.com and order your Swim Nerd Pace Clocks today. All right, Mallory Comerford, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be on and talking to you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Now, listen, I've done uh, a lot of these over the past few months. They're going really well. Have you had a chance to listen to anybody? Yeah, I actually just listened to some of Kathleen's. Um, I just saw you. I nice. just saw your posts and listened to a few of them. And it's been good to just hear from different people. And I think something to do while we're in kind of quarantine and lockdown and just hear how what other people are doing are doing what they've done so it's yeah. been cool yeah it's been good for me too to kind of everyone's available because most people are just sitting yeah. at home and, or, you know can only practice a few hours a day or whatever it is so it's been nice and and everybody's had a chance to really sit back and and be a little bit introspective like think about okay you know just take stock on all right what am i doing how am i doing it how do I need to adjust? Um, what are the things that I can do right now to make me better? Um, what have you had a chance to think about in this time that you feel like has helped you or will help you get better in the future? Definitely. I think I've had this conversation with myself and with some of my close family friends, um, just about how I'm going to get better after all of this. I think that's something I've been really trying to put in the front of my mind and keep in mind, like, okay, I can get better during this. Um, I need to remember that I can get better and not get um, really negative, thinking um, negatively because there isn't a lot going on. There's not racing. There's um, some challenges that's, that we face. So I've been really trying to um, look at the positives and everything. Like we are able to practice. We have, we're practicing at Blairwood, um, which is a local pool in town. And we have, space like we can pretty much swim whenever we want and so being able to have that has been great and just being able to be with the pro group there's um there's five of us and having that one-on-one -on -one time with our coaches and time to really work on the details and really be specific especially because we're, we are doing a few less practices than we normally would so being really um conscious of what we're doing and um paying attention to those details so i'm really trying to um, keep things in a positive light. So I definitely have had my moments that have been really hard over the past few weeks, um, just kind of getting into a negative mindset or a negative space. But for the most part, I've just been really trying to stay positive and be appreciative of the time I do have in the pool to get better. I don't get that impression from you just knowing you. And then I've had a chance to do a little bit of research in the, in the past few hours. I spoke to a couple of your coaches and I talked to you your boyfriend, Clark Burkle, and, and some other people. And I never get that impression that you're a, um, a negative type person. Um, the, the words that they had for me is like you, you always had this X factor. So just in terms of the, the negativity that you may have been experiencing, is that something new for you? I, 
Yeah, I think I've gone through, like, I think every swimmer goes through some phases where they really struggle. Um, for the most part, during COVID and all of this, I've been pretty positive. I think um, over the past few weeks, I've just been a little, like, overwhelmed, and there's a lot of uncertainties going on. And um, not I haven't lost sight of my goals and what the end goal is. It just has been a little... Um, bit challenging some some days more than others um when you have a tough practice or you feel like um for me like i really miss training i love training with the pro group it's been great um but i do miss training with the college team and having that environment and um some of those kids to train with so it's definitely been different and i think kind of the uncertainty around meets and um schedule moving forward has been kind of tough for me but we actually got a chance to race uh last weekend so that was really good really really positive and just felt amazing to get back into the racing mode um so that was great how does the negativity specifically affect you um what what is it just words in your head is it is it like a physical feeling is it just hard to get out of bed or is it just lack of motivation like what are the specific things that hit you i think it's more like in my head it doesn't necessarily affect my swimming or like my working out. I think that's usually my escape. Um, it's more of like negativity in my head and just like thinking of these different scenarios or scenarios that I can't control mm. because I do like, as much as I don't like to admit it, like I do like to have control of things. Like I'm so used to having a routine and things going like the right way. And so not having that control or having uncertainty is, um, can be challenging for me at times, but I'm, I'm learning. Um, I think it's a constant process of learning how to deal with it. And for me talking about it and not just like bottling it up mm -hmm. and, um, not acknowledging it and acknowledging that it's actually there. And I, I'm actually feeling that way. Um, so mm -hmm. it's a process of learning how to do that and accept that. That's good. I, I, that sounds like growth and sounds like maturity in you. So that's a good thing. And, and you're right. We're all experiencing these things. It doesn't matter yeah. how, how uh, optimistic you are as a person, you look at the future and, you, and you, there's a lot of uncertainty. So that's definitely there for all of us. So, um, you know, I'm sure yeah. a lot of people listening will appreciate just to hear you say that you're, you're challenged yourself, you know, so um, I'm, I'm lucky. I've had a lot of uh, people from around the world listening to this podcast now. So if, if somebody ha didn't know who you were, um, summarize yourself for us. Like who, who's Mallory Comerford? Who is she? Um, I am a swimmer, obviously. Um, I went to the university of Louisville. Um, I call it now call Louisville, um, my home, but I'm definitely from a small town, really small town. Um, grew up there and definitely a big family girl. Um, I have three brothers and a half sister, um, I'm super, super competitive because I grew up with three brothers in that environment. Um, I'm pretty easygoing for the most part. I like to have fun, smile. Um, most of the time I'm smiling. Um, if I'm not, I'm usually upset or struggling. Um, I like to be, love to be outside. Um, I wish I could be outside all the time. So I'm outside all the time. Um, and I just like to have fun. Um, swimming is so much fun for me and I, I, love that it's my job but it's not really a job it's just something fun i get to do every day so nice very nice good summary i've heard you say that about yourself a few times in terms of the fact that you're from a small town what does it matter if you're from a small town or a big town what's the difference i don't think it matters i truly don't um i think a lot of people maybe limit themselves if they're from a small town their goals are dreams but i think you have um 
any opera like you can take advantage of any opportunity so when i like where i came from there weren't a lot of opportunities um and when there were like when there were opportunities that presented themselves it was really important to take advantage of them mm. um, i mean i'm very grateful the way i grew up the way i was raised um where i came from but um, I mean, when I came to Louisville, which really isn't that big of a city, and now that I've traveled all these places all over the world, I'm like, Louisville really isn't that big of a city. But when I came to Louisville, I was like, wow, this is a huge city. This is like the biggest city I've ever lived in, ever been to, not been to, but like, like this is huge. And now I'm like, oh, Louisville really isn't that big. And now I like, I'm like, wow, I'm from a really, really, really small town. And when I was in that small town, I was like, Oh, it's not that small of a town. Like, so I think it's just like the mindset and um, growing up, I didn't really see a lot of different things. I never traveled out of the country. I'd only flown on airplane once. Um, I swam on a club team with maybe 60 people in a six lane, 25 yard pool. Just had like very different experiences than some of my teammates. And I think that's um, what makes a really good team is having all those experiences come together and learning from those. Good stuff. You, you touched on a little bit, but how do you get out of a small town and end up at one of the biggest, um, you know, D1 programs in the country in Louisville? How, how does somebody, if you were giving some advice to a young girl, how does somebody get out of a small town into um, one of the best programs in the country? I think not limiting yourself. I think that's something that's obviously easier said than done, but having those big goals, having those big aspirations, but not just having the goals, but having like that major goal, having those smaller goals to get there. So, I mean, for me now, I make a big goal and I'm like, okay, that's great. Like, yeah, I wanna make the Tokyo Olympic team. Like that's my major goal, but that doesn't really matter. How do I actually get there? What are the goals that I need to meet before I can meet that goal? So I need to do, abs after every practice I need to do, like I, I need to make these smaller goals. I need to change my nutrition. I need to do this, this, and this, or fix certain things about my thing. So having those smaller goals and those smaller tasks to achieve the bigger goal. So for me, when I was um, starting to look at schools, I did not put a limit on how far away I wanted to go. I looked at all across the country, even though my mom was like, oh my gosh, no, like you're not going that far away. I was like, mom, like, I want to look everywhere. I want to look at a program that's getting better. Like people go there and they get better. Like that's what I want to do. I want to um, look at programs where maybe um, I don't fit in, but they would give me the chance to go there and get better. So I think I had a really open mindset and not really closed off any doors. I tried to um, talk to a lot of coaches. I mean, I was so excited to talk to literally any coach because I knew I didn't really know much about college swimming and so I was like talking to all these coaches and then I started to learn and realize like what I needed to look for what I wanted um, so not putting a limit on literally anything of the recruiting process until you learned like oh I like this about a school I don't like this about a school and then exiting crossing it off like not crossing it off before you had a reason to Mm, I love that. It's really good advice. You know, I grew up in, well, my kids grew up in a, in a smaller town, uh, Auburn, Alabama. I was the head coach there for many years. And my, my daughter played soccer growing up and, and she had talent. Her, her mother um, 
played soccer in college as well. So she had athletic ability, but what we noticed and what I noticed over, over time in a small town is if you do have some talent and do have some drive and you have some ambition, you're generally not surrounded by a lot of people who have a lot of talent and who have a lot of drive and ambition. And so what you end up finding is you get pulled down, you know, like people say, Hey, we're going out or Hey, don't try. So, you know, like they don't practice so hard or they're not as committed or they don't have the big goals. And so you end up getting pulled down into the group. Did you notice that about yourself growing up swimming? Yes, I definitely um, 100% agree with that. I think that's something hard about being from a small town is people don't necessarily understand what it takes or the sacrifices that are required to be at the level that you know you're capable of. Mm. So I had a really good friend group and they supported me and they understood a lot of them were swimmers, um, not quite at the same level, but they were swimmers and they understood at least the time dedication that it took to swimming. So they understood that, but I don't think a lot of people truly understood, um, when I decided to do USA swimming instead of high school swimming, they were like, why would you do that? And I was like, well, because I have this goal and I know this is part of my goal. Like me reaching that goal is me doing this, this making the sacrifice. Yes. I liked high school swimming. It was a blast. It was fun, but I knew swimming USA swimming with my USA swimming club coach. Like it, he was going to help me get better and do what I needed to do. And so I think, even now when I go back home, um, it, it can be hard to like explain mm. doing what I'm doing, why I'm still practicing when I'm going home for Christmas for two days. Like, why do I have to go to the pool or things like that in that, that smaller town? And I mean, we've had successful athletes from where I, where I grew up. My little brother runs um, cross country at Syracuse and track at Syracuse. And um, he's, we've kind of talked about it before. It's just like, it's different and it can be hard to explain to other people who may have different goals and ambitions in their life, but it's just part of the sacrifice. So why you then, why did you have these big goals and ambitions? What was it about you or maybe your childhood or the way your parents raised you or just something that was innate in you? I don't know. What is it about you? I definitely think, um, it's the way I was raised. I mean, my mom's way I'm, um, in college she swam d3 but um I, so i have an older brother and two younger brothers um i'm two years younger than my older brother and then my younger brother middle brother uh, he's four years younger than me and then the other one's five years younger than me mm. so we grew up in this super competitive environment um extremely competitive environment i trained with my older brother he was my training partner um, so that was a constant battle of why are you going faster than me? Why are you touching my feet? Blah, you know, just <laughs> sick brother or sister. Um, but I think my parents also, um, really encouraged us to be competitive and to, um, really be devoted to what we were doing. Um, they always wanted us to be 100% into something that we were doing. So if I, um, decided to start something, I was going to finish it. And if I didn't finish it with like the best of my ability, they'd be disappointed. That's literally the only time my parents ever told me that they would be disappointed in me is if they knew that I didn't give my 100%. So they were always, even if I had a horrible, horrible swim or horrible, I played, I ran track, I played volleyball. Like even if I played horrible or ran horrible or whatever, like 
as long as they knew that I was giving my 100%, they would be proud of me. And I, so I think that really fostered my love for swimming and um, allowed me to be successful because I did love it. And I knew they were going to support me no matter what. And they really um, drove me to be really competitive in it. Mm. Well, I talked to one of your assistant coaches, Chris Lindauer. Is that right? How you say it? Okay, got that. Um, <laughs> sorry, Chris, I butchered your last name. But um, that's perfect. <laughs> but listen, he said when you came on campus with all the other recruits from around the country, and I'm sure they were recruiting some of the top kids in, in the country, you were just a number at that point in time. But he said immediately uh, you had the X factor, and um, I can tell you from from what what he thinks the X factor is. What do you think the X factor is that you have? Um. Oh gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I think when I first came onto campus, I really connected with the coaches. I think um, the way we communicated and the way I was willing to listen and learn um, and take everything in, I think that's what really changed my career. We talk about it like soaking up water like a sponge does. I just wanted to soak everything in when I came in and, and listen and learn and watch from Kelsey, from the seniors, um, from everyone that was around me, I just wanted to take everything in and um, really use that to help me. And then when I learned it, passing that on to other people and um, continuously learning from everyone around me, whether that was the coaches, um, my teammates, just literally anyone, I think I was really eager to learn because I didn't have, I didn't really have that um, on my club team. So when I came to school, there was just like this whole overwhelming, amount of knowledge that was being thrown at me. And I was just so excited and um, eager to take it all in. I think that's really what changed. Mm. Yeah, he did say that. So you, you hit the nail <laughs> on the head. Um, that, that was definitely one of them. One of the other things he said about you is just the way you carried yourself. He, he talked about your body language. What is it? What is it about your body language? And, and, and what does that mean? I like to be really positive. Like I said earlier, I love to smile. I really I mean, that's really cheesy, but I don't like to be negative. I don't like to have bad days. Um, when I have bad days, I'm really bad because I get even more mad that I'm having a bad day because I hate bad days. Um, so I think just bringing that positive energy and um, feeding off other people's energy. I love being around my teammates and the team. And then in that environment, it's just where I thrive. And it makes me really happy um, to be around that competitive around people who want to be there and who want to get better makes me want to get better. And so um, being able to be on the pool deck and just, um, I mean, doing what I love is amazing. And um, so I think I try to be for the most part, most of the time I don't have to try. I, I am pretty positive and am enjoying what I'm doing. And so it's just, it comes easy to me to be um, naturally happy and naturally um, carrying a good body language. Awesome. I love it. Now I talked to coach uh, Arthur Albero as well about um, you and, and he said that the first day he gave you a, a set of underwaters and he said, you guys talk about it all the time. Do you remember what it was? Yep. It was 1275 short course yards. It was Zach and I, Zach Harding, and it was 25 underwater, 25 over 25 under. Um, I think they were on like 110 or something. I was dying. <laughs> I like, this is my first day of practice, like super excited Did not want them to know that I like could not do this. I didn't know that you could like come up and take a breath 
before you like push back off. So I was like doing flip turns in the wall. I was like, mm. all this stuff I was not good at kicking at this point. Horrible, horrible at kicking. So it was taking me everything just to do the 125 underwater. And then I had to go above the water kicking and then back underwater. And it was horrible. And I looked at Zach and I was like, is this hard? And he's like, yeah, this is hard. I was like, good. But it was just so hard. And then all the college kids, oh, well, I guess I was in college at that point. All the kids on the team walked by us because they were doing a different practice and they were like laughing. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. Like I can't do it. Um, I think I ended up making him, but like dying, like so bad. I was so bad at kicking. I had no idea like how to do underwaters at that point. Just horrible well it sounds like you've made some of your weaknesses your strengths now because you're, you're pretty pretty good at it um what what are some of the other weaknesses you had coming in that maybe now are a part of your strengths definitely i don't know necessarily my underwaters i think my underwaters still need work my kicking needs work but my um turns I've definitely made into a strength of mine. Um, I think that's one of my biggest strengths now is utilizing the turns and the push-offs. I've gotten significantly stronger. And so the push-offs and the glide and the transition has been um, huge in my swimming career, um, especially short course. And um, obviously can translate it to long course, just not as many walls. Um, what are some of the things you've done for that in terms of the improvement? Like I know turns when you, when you first come in, you think, Oh, my turns are pretty good. And then you actually yeah. see good turns. You're like, Oh shit, I'm way off that. So yes. how do you improve your turns? I definitely think at first, the biggest thing was swimming next to Kelsey, like just swimming next to her. And she's obviously destroying me off of every wall because her underwaters are insane. And so I had to figure out a way to, you know, keep up with her on the turns, but my underwaters weren't necessarily as good as her. So I was like, okay, what can I do? I need to make my turn, my push off and my transition better. So I'm not coming out as far behind as her. So I think swimming next to her constantly was, was huge. Um, but I also think I got significantly stronger in the weight room. I had never lifted weights. So, um, when I started squatting and started, doing all those different power exercises during power group um, and just learning more about my body and how it worked and being aware of that um, made a huge, huge difference. Jumping. Uh, I really like jumping and we incorporate that into different parts of our dry land and different parts of our season. So um, I think that was huge. And, just, and then watching videos and learning over and over again, like seeing what I was doing, um, what other people were doing, how they were developing their great turns or whatever they were doing right, wrong, even if they were doing it like for me, visually seeing that was, was huge. Now, did you spend time during the practice or, or did you have to do extra time after the practice um, to improve those areas? For the most part, I decided like, okay, I have X amount of turns during practice. Why not do it every turn? Because that's the most practice you're going to get. Mm. And would do um, more after practice, but the main portion of working on it came during practice. And if I'm doing a huge freestyle set, I have the opportunity to work on however many turns. And so um, making that a priority of focusing on my turns um, and it eventually just came natural um, thinking about it in that way. And um, it just 
kept, I just kept doing it. And it, it's definitely still something I, I work on and um, something that um, I know I can still get better at, but I have the opportunity every single day in practice. So it makes it, makes it easier when you can do it that way. Well, I'm really glad you talked about your strength too, because the last three podcasts I've had Ariana Vanderpool Wallace, first first girl in, in NCA history to go under 47 in, in the right. 100. And then I talked to Kathleen Baker and now I'm talking to you and, you and all three of you have emphasized the importance of getting stronger and, and in the weight room. Why are, why are women in general so afraid to go into the weight room and get stronger? I think at first it can be really intimidating. Um, for me, I had never really lifted weights before. I'd done some kettlebell stuff, dry land stuff, but nothing. I never squatted. I had never bench pressed. I had never done any of that. So when you first go in, it's kind of intimidating. You see all these different sports or people in the gym and you're just like, whoa, like they're doing this. How do I even lift properly? I was scared of getting hurt. Um, so I wanted to learn how to do move properly, make sure that I was protecting my shoulders, my knees, all of that. So I think that can be kind of just something brand new. Like it was a whole new world to me. But when I got into it, I really, really started to enjoy it. Like I, I love going to lift. I love that part of training. I think it's um, a lot of fun and it's just fun to be out of the water. And I think it really translates obviously into swimming and is a really important key in swimming. Um, and I think a lot of people are scared to get too strong or too bulky, but I think it's just really important to learn about your body and that everyone's different. Not everyone's going to lift the same exact weight. Um, somebody may be lifting way more than you or way less than you and going faster or slower than you. So I think becoming aware of what your body needs and not what somebody else needs is really important. Are you the type of girl that is good at pull-ups now? How many pull-ups can you do? Oh, I think my... I don't think I've ever done that that many. I think my best is like 15 or 16. Oh, that's, that's a lot for a girl. So that's good. But um, I, I have like a bad shoulder, so I try not to go too hard. We have this week called Iron Cardinal Week during um, like after our first six weeks of school and it's a big competition and the pull-ups are always a part of it. And I um so whoever gets like the most pull-ups gets an X amount of points. So that was always when we would do max pull-ups. Yeah. You, um, I was going to ask you that you, you, you look like a sweet girl, but you, there's, there's a killer inside you, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like it seems like you really hate to lose. Yeah, I, I do. I really, really do hate to lose. <laughs> that's and, accurate. Yes. And, and that's just been, that's just kind of being born from having three brothers and being super competitive. Oh yeah, definitely. I hated losing to them. I mean, um, when I officially like beat all of my older brother's times, he was like, wow, congrats. I never thought you would actually beat all my times. And I was like, I knew I would like, <laughs> did not want to lose to him. Still don't like to lose. Don't like to lose in like board games, any of that. I just don't like it. <laughs> I was talking to Arthur, uh, the head coach at Louisville, and he was telling me about um, nutritionally as well, you, you made big improvements. What are some of the things that um, you, you learned over the course of your time and, and that you kind of incorporate now? It's definitely still a work in progress. Um, I still have a lot to learn, a lot to accept, I guess. Um, but when I came to Louisville, I was super, super picky. Um, I liked mac and cheese. I liked 
chicken tenders. I liked hot dogs, um, hamburgers, like all those things. That's <sighs> what I ate my freshman year. I didn't know how to cook. I knew how to cook eggs. I knew how to, I had to ask my mom how to cook taco meat. I had no idea. <laughs> um, I ate a lot of like noodles and company, Jimmy John's, Qdoba, all that kind of stuff. We didn't have the dining hall that we did. We got an athlete dining hall my sophomore year and that changed my entire life. Um, but when I was eating those things, like I was like, oh, I'm skinny, like I'm in shape, it's fine. It's not affecting my body. Like I'm still in shape, like I'm still skinny, like I'm fit. Like my body composition was great, whatever. What I didn't, want to acknowledge is what those foods weren't actually providing nutritional value to me. They weren't enhancing my training. They weren't helping my training. They were probably hurting it. I was probably didn't have, I know I didn't have the right nutrients to make it through practice, the right amount of protein. And so I think as I went through my freshman year, going into my sophomore year, kind of was when I realized like, or maybe got the maturity to realize that okay, you are wrong. You need to admit that you're wrong. You don't need to be eating these things all the time. And you do need to change because your body does need the protein. It does need the right nutri nutrients to be even more successful to reach the goals that you want to reach. Um, I, it's still something that, not that I battle with, but it's something that I'm learning still. Um, I'm learning how to cook. During quarantine, I've done a lot more cooking than I ever have in my entire life, which has been really good and has really maybe made me start liking cooking a little bit more. That was like always my problem is like, I don't like to cook because I didn't really know how. And so I've had the chance to like, just do it during quarantine because I had to. And so I started to enjoy it more, enjoy a lot more foods. Like I will basically eat anything now besides seafood, which I'm trying to teach myself to like. Um, it's definitely something that I, that has helped me through this all. And, um, I know I need to still get better at, but it definitely has made a difference from my freshman, sophomore year of college. Awesome. Good. Really good advice there. And it's good to, to hear you accept those things because most of the time you just say, I'm like you said, I'm, I'm fine. Like this isn't affecting yeah. me. And that's kind of one of the last things you look at, but, um, that's really good stuff. Now, I was talking to Arthur too, as the head coach at Louisville, it's really easy to want to take the best athletes and say, they're mine, they're mine, they're mine. But it sounds like you have a really good relationship with uh, the assistant coach, Stephanie Juncker. Um, what, what's the dynamic there? How does that work for you guys? Yeah, Steph is, um, Steph and Arthur are both my main coaches. I mean, all the coaches, I have a really good relationship and we work partner really well together and they all what I love about it is they all offer different points of view which is is great having um different sets of the eyes watch you and help you and try to fix things or come up with a new way to look at things is great but um definitely really really close with Steph um my main coach um we have since my freshman year we've had a really really great relationship and have just worked super well with each other um We've been honest with each other and upfront. Um, she has really challenged me and um, helped me look at my swimming in different ways and has helped me when I'm struggling, helped me when I'm at the top. We just have a really good relationship and have continued to have a really good relationship. And I'm really thankful um, for that. Um, she has um, helped me with 
stroke count, tempo, um, understanding my te the technical side of my stroke, my high elbow, where I'm slipping in my stroke. All, she just has devoted so much time to me as an athlete, which is um, means so much to me. And then she works really well with Arthur too. So say Arthur writes the set for everybody um, for practice one day, um, she'll look at it with me and we'll make adjustments or if there's more like 200 pace and I need to do more 100 pace that day, she'll change it and, and look at it with me. Or if there's too much 100 pace and I need to go 200 pace that day, well, she'll change it. And she's just um, has really devoted a lot of time and effort to my success. And um, I'm really, really grateful to have her as a coach. Awesome. Now, listen, you've got really good range. You can swim the 50 up to the 500. You can swim IM. You can swim stroke. I mean, um, what's, what's your favorite event and, and how do you manage training all the different events? So my favorite event is, I think, the 100 free long course and the 200 free short course. Um, those are my best events, too. But I think they're like a 200 free short course compared to 200 free long course is completely different like mm. free short course for me is just a straight up sprint just like 100 free long courses not quite like a 50 obviously but um a 200 free long course something i'm definitely learning how to swim um as i've gone through it and gotten more experience on it but um i train almost always mid-group um i never in the past four years five years now I probably have gotten to go to sprint group maybe four times, maybe. Um, <laughs> almost all like, mid. I feel like you're sending your coaches some signals. Oh, right oh, they know the signal. Know the signal. <laughs> Which I, I do like mid group most of the time. Um, there are days like, oh, I want to go to sprint group for a reason, like mm. whatever. But so throughout college, um, like on Thursdays, we have sprint IM or 500 group. I would always do 500 group. Um, which I actually like 500 group a lot. Um, but yeah, I train almost all mid always. They'll, they'll make changes here and there and going into taper. Um, they'll make, make changes for me depending on what I'm swimming at the meet or what I need. Um, but since I've been here for five years now, it's, um, we have a really good communication. Um, and I'm able to say, Hey, like, can we maybe make this adjustment? This is why I think this. And they'll be like, okay, yes, I agree. Or, okay, no, I don't agree because of this. And I think we have that um, communication and that um, dialogue to be able to um, get the most out of my training. Well, I know I had texted you a couple of hours ago and said, hey, I want to talk about a couple of sets that, uh, that have challenged you over the time. I know everybody that listens to this likes to hear, all right, what has she done in practice? What's the hardest thing she's done? Or, What's something that's memorable or yeah, how does she train for the hundred or the 200? So give me something that has kind of stuck out for you that you've done really well and that maybe you'd like to repeat a few times, or it's just something you did once. Talk to us about it. So one of the biggest ones I think is every year we go on a training trip to Florida and we usually do this set after we go on training trip to maybe in like the uh, spring, but it's 2150s, 2150s. Um, Long course? Long course, yes. All best average. Um, and you take your short course 200 time, whether it's stroke or free. So mine's 200 free. Um, so like now I would take 
my two hundred free, which is one thirty nine, and that'd be your goal time that you had to hit for all of them. Ooh, mm. unless they make the time faster or slower for you. So, for example, my junior year, my best time going into um, training trip was one forty, and they decided to make my goal time one thirty eight because. I, that's like 2150s like I like that type of training I like threshold that like that level I can just go freestyle and so they decided to make it 138 I was like okay that's kind of tough but like you know I can do this um they're on 220 so not nothing crazy not like you get rest it's not like if you're making your your goal time I'm getting 40 seconds rest that's yeah. that year I had a horrible horrible set and so for every one that you miss you have to add one on the end so i think i made the first one and then i missed the next 30 33 and i ended up during doing 34 and then they had to cut me off <laughs> i was not making them but then at the end of the training trip we you do 10 again and so you have another chance to make them and they moved my goal time to 140, to be fair. And I ended up making them all on 138 or faster. So wow. I to redo it, which I really like, ha like having the opportunity because I don't, I don't like to lose. And I felt like that was losing. Like I was, I mean, I was crying. I was pissed off. I was sit, like, I couldn't do anything. I would try to change my tempo. I would try to change anything possible to make myself go faster. And it just wasn't happening. And so having that, the 10, on the last day of training trip, um, really, it helps you at least end on a good note. Awesome. I love it. Wow. That's, that's pretty powerful. How much were you missing it by the first round? Um, it, it ranged from like 139. I think I got up to like 145, 146. So there were some in there that were quite ugly and definitely some of it was mental, but like my body, there was like something just having a bad day it was so bad <laughs> so how do you bounce back from that what's your advice to athletes that yeah you have this amazing goal and you're so excited and you're amped and then all of a sudden you're you're missing it by a mile like they're, they're saying 138 and you're going 145 it's like to you yeah. that would that would that would crush your spirit so how do you oh yeah how do you deal with that well during it luckily i was going with this boy his name's abel he's in my my grade and we had the same goal time and so um because they make a lot of the boys time slower. Don't know why, but of course. Um, <laughs> so I was going with him and he was sucking too. So like, luckily we had each other, which was a, sa a savior during that set. Like I had him, like we were just looked at each other and we were like, oh my God. Um, but I think after two, a lot of people crush that set and go absurdly fast, just like stupid fast. And so seeing them succeed and like remembering like, you know, this is one day like feeding off their energy and kind of using that for the next day because you have to get up and swim either. No, we have the afternoon off the afternoons off. And so the next morning you have a set and you have to be ready for it. So just, yeah, learning from the set and okay, what did I do wrong? What could I have done better? Um, but just moving forward from it and not forgetting it, but just moving on to the next thing. I think that was the biggest thing for me. Like I still have X amount of days at training trip and I need to make the most out of it. And as long as I know I tried my hardest on this set, like I did what I could and I got the most out of it. 
Nice. Now, what about for your 100 free long course? Is there a set that you may have, you could share something with us for that? Yeah, so we did this um, probably in February. Um, it was a really tough one. It was um, all long course. We did four 100s best average, four 75s with a 25 easy best average, then back to four 100s best average, and then eight 50s. And it's on slow rest, like two minute base. So everything's two minute base. So you're having plenty of rest, but it's like, you need to go. Um, and so I think it's definitely more, not quite like hundred base, but like you are going all out the whole time. And for me, like when I'm doing a set like that, it, I mean, it's really challenging and it's really hard on your body. So for me, like I'm swimming hundred um, breathing pattern. I'm trying to keep my legs consistent like I would in a hundred and a hundred free. So being able to do that through a whole set um, will translate into my um, hundred. Um, that, that was a really tough day, but I think more so when I do hundred pace, I like to focus on or like work for my hundred. I like to focus on my breathing pattern, which I always breathe, breathe fours in my hundred and consistent legs. And so anytime I'm doing any work for my hundred, I, I need to be doing that because that directly translates to how I swim my hundred free. Awesome. Awesome. I want to dig into your hundred free in, in a second, but that comes before a couple of other questions. All right. I'm going to get tough on you here. I'm going to get you to think okay. deeply about yourself. Um, I saw a couple of interviews where you had talked about, and even, even with Arthur, where, where he had mentioned the fact that you really didn't think you had a chance to make the 2016 Olympic team. Hear me out on this. How is it that a year later you go to the world championships in Budapest and win five gold medals in, in relays but the year before you felt like you had no chance of making the Olympic team. Why is that? I honestly think um, experience between 2016 and 2017, just having another year under my belt of swimming at elite levels, swimming against um, the best, some of the best swimmers in the world and um, training. I really, I never trained long course before I came to college. So 2015 nationals was my first ever national meet long course national meet and then so 2016 um really was my first full year of long course meets um we went to minnesota grand prix and then all the all the meets leading up to trials were all long course and then obviously trials are long course and that was my first trials my first um really really truly big meet ever and so i didn't know what to expect i really had no idea. I had gotten second at NCAAs um, in the spring, but that was really my first big meet. I had been to nationals in 2015, but still NCAAs was my really my first big meet. Um, really had no idea what, what I was doing. I was just kind of swimming, excited, um, which was good. I, I was very innocent and just had no idea what to expect. And I think sometimes that's really good and you swim really well when you're like that but also it can be very overwhelming so going into trials um i i was confident in the training i was doing i knew i had gotten a lot better i knew i was working hard and um making progress towards the right things and the, taking the right steps to get there it just wasn't fully there yet and my confidence wasn't fully there yet um and then in december of 2016 i got chosen to go to short course worlds which um 
was kind of out of the blue. Like I was not expecting that at all. And so being able to go to short course worlds and obviously it's um, a smaller worlds because it's right after the Olympics, not all the big names are there, but it still was an amazing, amazing experience for me. Um, Life-changing experience. First time I got to wear the American flag on my cap. First time I got to stand on the podium and hear the national anthem. Like um, first time I got to be around world-class athletes and compete against them, swim in the same races as them. So that was, that was huge. And then um, 2017, I tied Katie Ledecky um, in the 200 free at NCAAs. And I think, again, just confidence um, in what I was doing and how I was training and how I was racing. Um, I think that's really what made the biggest difference just in that year. I mean, I just had um, a lot of races and um, college swimming. I was doing really well and it was really um, performing well at different dual meets or different in-season meets. And so I think confidence and just learning about how, how to race. Good. I appreciate that answer. That's good. Um, the next question's tough and I don't really know how to ask it probably. So I'm going to just ask it directly. <laughs> now you talked about experience and you talked about confidence in that answer there. You're, you're talking about 2016, 2017. Um, you have, you have a great 17, a great 18, a great 19 with, with lots of experience. So why aren't you the number one swimmer in the world right now? Yeah, I think it's definitely all part of the process. Um, I think I still have a lot to learn and still I'm learning from the best swimmers in the world. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I, and I know that, um, I watch swimmers like Sarah and Simone and, and I'm still learning from them. And I think they're still learning from other people too. I don't think it's ever a ending process. I think it's always being willing to adjust and obviously do what you know is working for you, but also being willing to um, be open to it. I think still, I mean, they've swam at Olympics and have won Olympic gold medals and I, I haven't, experience that yet. And I mean, that's, that's my goal, obviously. Um, so I think still learning how to compete at that level and how to manage, um, international travel. And for me, eating internationally, sleeping internationally, and just understanding how to do that. And, um, I definitely think I still have a lot to learn and still have a lot to, um, not change. I think for the most part, what I'm doing is um, right. And I'm confident in my training and my training program and my coaches, but just fine tuning some things like making sure that I, I am eating the right things and um, I am happy and I, I am um, doing the right things for myself um, and focusing on what I can, what I can do to be better. Well, the Olympics were supposed to be, were supposed to be done a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think you were ready to be Olympic champion? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, every year I think we elevate and get better. And I think um, we, I ended in a really, really positive point, which is great going into quarantine. Um, I went in season best in my 100 free. I'd never been that fast in season. Um, I was really close in my 200 free, um, or maybe I was my in season best in my two free too. Um, so I ended on a really, really positive note. Um, we had gotten a lot good training in. Um, Kelsey and I went on a training trip to Florida just with Stephanie, which was was great after World Championships. Um, or, what's that? 
yeah, that was in 2019 or was that 2018? I don't, I don't even remember. Everything's running. Together. I don't remember Anyways, yesterday. We went, we went on a trip together and um, we had a training trip together and we came back and the pro, we were just training the pro group by ourselves and we were doing long course every morning and short course every afternoon. I'm just really grinding it out. I'm stronger than I have ever been. And um, even now I feel like I, even after um, quarantine, I've got stronger than I ever have been. Um, so I'm excited. Um, I'm enjoying swimming right now. Um, I mean, I always am. And so I was just really excited to go to trials and, um, compete. Obviously anything can happen at Olympic trials, but, um, was really confident with where I was going into that meet. What do you do for mental training? What do you do for the, the, the mental strength side of, of training or, or even just preparation for an event like the Olympic trials? Yeah, I think that's something too that um, I need to work on is um, some more mental training, training, things like that. For me, um, like being outside, like it's very calming for me and going on a walk, um, having that space and time to myself away from the pool people and just kind of having that time to be um, with my own thoughts and um, be grateful and just think different things so for me like that's that's really huge and then um having my support system i'm really really close with my mom um and my boyfriend clark like um they're really great um and then i've also learned that i'm not very good at talking about um my mental state or like if i'm struggling i'm not very good at admitting it or talking about it and so being open to talking about it and um i think a lot of people have that same problem and letting my coaches know that I am struggling mentally or I am um, in a tough spot or I'm freaking out over a race or whatnot. And I think being okay talking about it is something that I need to work on and um, asking for help or asking for um, advice in those situations is something that I do need to work on. When you stand next to Sarah Sostrom or, or um, Simone Manuel, what do they have that you don't have? Um, I don't know. I think that's a tough question. It is. I ask tough questions. <laughs> that's good. Um, when I stand next to them though, um, I mean, for me, like it's, I think it always will be an honor being able to race them. Um, I think like when I was 14, um, I had never thought that I would be swimming next to them in the world championship final. Like, how old are you? What's up? How old are you now? I am turning 23. Yeah, but guess what? You're not 14 anymore, girl. I know. I know I'm not, but I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I never no, I, know. I would be standing next to them. And so um, being able to race, which I love to race, like, it, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to learn from them. Um, but obviously, I don't like to lose. And so finding figuring out what I can do to be better and where I can, where my advantages advantages are against them and where their advantages are against me. Like um, I've dissected my race basically from the start to 15 meters and then 15 meters to 35 meters and where they are better than me and why, like, why are they better than me there? And how can I work on that part of my race um, and then where am I better than them? Like, why is, why is my last 15 meters really, really good? And 
maybe why is what, what are they doing before that that theirs isn't so good and but I'm struggling at x part of the race so um dissecting that and kind of understanding that um has been a challenge and something um but I've worked on and tried to incorporate in my 100 free training um and in, in my races we tried different things um like Sarah she doesn't breathe off the start for I don't remember exactly how many strokes but like I come up and take three three strokes and I'm I'm slow off the start like I get destroyed off the start so um, we've tried to come up with different breathing patterns and different ways for me to not lose so much ground on the start and so I think just small things are are the differences all right let me propose something to you you can take this and do what you want with it all right but the answer to your problem is not here all right you're looking at it from a um sports science point of view okay mm -hmm. you don't lack anything you lack nothing i mean i can tell you from my point of view you're as good if not better than them like straight off the bat you're better than them and, and that's my belief like you lack nothing i've seen you swim I've stood on the other side of the pool deck and watched you get up on the blocks and swim and you lack nothing. I don't care if it's a turn or an underwater or a stroke count or a, or a last 15 or a first 15. You have everything. Okay. What I think you lack is the belief that you have everything. That's what I truly believe. And I don't want to put that in a confronting way, but you lack the belief that you have everything you need. And, and I tell you this because I, I experienced that myself in my own swimming career. Uh -huh. It wasn't until the head coach of Australia came up to me and put his finger in my chest <laughs> and dug it into me uh, in Paris in 1995. I had a moment with him on the pool deck once where I was kind of like you. I just didn't feel like necessarily that I was the best. And he, yeah. and he, and he told me, um, and, and I don't know if I ever got there, but I'm telling you that from my point of view, when I watch you swim, you have everything. I mean, you are incredible. And um, what I think you need to go back and, re and, and really do is look in the mirror and f forget, forget the, the science of, of all that because you could, you could spend hours digging into where is she better here, where am I better there, blah, 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 blah. But it mm -hmm. is when you stand next to that person, you look at them and say, you're not beating me today. Yeah. And that's all it is. And that, and that, you have to be able to do that with the best in the world now because you've done it with everybody else. Actually, I saw you do it with Katie Ledecky. You did it with her, but no one was expecting you then. Now you're in yeah. a situation where everybody's expecting it because they know who Mallory uh, Comerford is. They're like, oh yeah, she's incredible. But now you have to live up to being incredible. Yeah. That, that's the struggle that you're having because you say you're from a small town and, and you're struggling with the fact that you could be the best in the world. You could be Olympic champion. <laughs> And I, I don't think you should struggle with that any longer. I think you should wholeheartedly believe that every single day that you are capable of being Olympic champion. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry for ranting there. No, it's okay. <laughs> but you are, listen, you, you are, you have everything. I mean, you can swim the 50 to the 500 to, to whatever. And you, you're taking, ask any of the guys that you've been in practice and what they think of you. <laughs> Hey, am I, am I any good? Like, yeah, you're kicking my ass every single day. <laughs> you know? um, ask Arthur's son. I'm sure he'll tell you. Like, Mally, there's, there's no one as good as you, right? Um, what, yeah, what, kind of, what kind of impact has your, has your boyfriend had on you, um, Clark Burkle, who, who has, he's, he's um, an Olympian himself. Like, what are some of the things that he tells you? Um, he's been great. Um, he 
says literally the same exact thing that you just said to me. So um, it's been great to have him and um, especially during this time, someone who understands it and has been through it and um, maybe not quite as the same because obviously COVID didn't happen, but um, he's been through the pressures of it. He's been through the struggles, the highs, the lows. Um, so it's been, he's been a really good um, resource and um, friend through this all. Like I'm super, super thankful um, to have him and he's just so easy to talk to and um, is super encouraging and um, wants me to succeed. And he sees um, the, what I have and he, he truly believes in me and truly believes that I can be the best. And so having that all the time is um, really, really great. And I'm super thankful for, for him. Has there been times where you felt like when you, when you're at your best, you you've kind of been a little bit unnoticed where, where you've been able to be free a little bit where the pressure maybe has, or the spotlight hasn't been on you wholeheartedly in a, in a way. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's sometimes easier to swim like that, like just unexpectedly in 2017, like NCAAs, nobody knew, like nobody thought that besides me, like I, I knew I could swim that race. Mm. So I didn't care about what place I was going to get. I knew the race I was capable of swimming. And I think sometimes I um, have to remind myself of that, of just swimming like that, swimming freely. Um, and that's whenever I swim my best. Like in March, I was swimming freely. I was like, this is, this is fun. Like I, I'm swimming. I have nothing to lose. Like this is a mid-season meet. Um, and I swam really, really well. Like in Brazil, Last, last year, um, after NCAs, I swam some of my best races and just swam really, really well because I, it was free. I didn't have anything to lose. And so um, I think that's something I talk about with the coaches a lot is um, swimming like I'm not defending anything because I'm really, I'm, I'm not. Um, it's a new opportunity every time you get up and race and um, you just have to be thankful and take advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, that's awesome. You just figured it out yourself. That's your answer right there. You know, when you're trying to figure out how to perform next year at the Olympic trials, there's your answer. Just go back and listen to yourself speak. Um, because again, I don't, I don't think it's in the numbers that you're going to find the answer to beating these people. You already have all, all the answers. You've just got to look yeah. in the mirror and say, you got it all girl. Let's go. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. um, awesome. Listen, this has been a great chat. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. Um, I, I've seen you for, for years. Um, you know, swim some incredible races. And I think you are super tough. You're well-trained, you're well-coached and you have um, all the gifts you need to be a champion. So uh, good luck over the next few months and um, keep kicking ass. All right. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's great talking to you. Yeah, you too. All right. Take care, Mallory.